Don't get behind. It's time to unwind. A conversation purely designed with you in mind. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Pure Perspectives. Thanks for tuning in with us. My name is Mia. And I'm Desiree. And I'm Jasmine. And we are excited to have another episode with you today. Ew. (laughs) Here she go. So today is going to be an exciting day. We are doing Money Matters Part 2 because y'all loved it so much. It actually was the most listened to episode of season two. So either y'all really care about money or y'all really enjoyed our guest. <laughs> or both. <Right. laughs> I'm going with both. Probably yeah, the guest. Probably. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just really excited about that. We're going to talk a little bit more about finances, investing, all things money. So sit back, grab your pen and paper, and take some notes. First up, we have Miss Alexis Hunter, and she is a graduate from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, and she graduated in December of 2019. She is currently working a full-time job as an information security operations specialist in the financial services industry. In addition to that, Alexis also is passionate about investing and trading in the stock market. And then y'all already know who our second guest is. Chris Sherrod is originally from Raleigh, North Carolina, and graduated from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte with a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration degree in finance. He took an interest in finance because he feels several social, economic, and mental issues people suffer from in society can be aided through financial education. He co-founded UNCC's first financial literacy organization named Breadwinners his senior year at UNC Charlotte that began educating college students on topics including budgeting, investing, and generational wealth. Breadwinners now also goes into local middle and high schools to educate young students on these topics that can change their lives. Chris now works at TIAA as a financial consultant and currently holds his life insurance license, as well as his Series 6 and 63 investment licenses. Resume. Right, both of them. They sit here. I'm sitting here looking like, woo. Because we didn't really give an actual resume in the yeah, last time. We was just like, we was just like, this talk Chris, about yourself, this a little Alexis. Bit. <laughs> exactly. But like, just trust. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, but, but now you know. Yeah, now you know they know what they're talking exactly. about. So, hey, you guys, welcome back. That's good. Dang, they don't want to be here. <laughs> Not they got shy for a moment. <laughs> they got shy. This this y'all specialty. Don't get shy now. <laughs> Come in with all the energy. We appreciate y'all having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, back. like we said, thank that you for was coming. Yeah, back. that was our most listened episode last season. So you know, yeah, y'all could have said no. Give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah, we had to bring y'all back. <laughs> I should. I forgot my my paper this time. I gotta take my notes. That's okay. I'm gonna I'm listen back. <laughs> she always be typing them up while we the go. Yeah, but we'll get right into the conversation right after this ad break. Hey y'all, we are excited to be affiliates with Hum Nutrition. If you've been looking to improve on your beauty and wellness in 2021, make sure you're listening. Hum Nutrition is a natural supplement line that has unique and ultra-specific formulations designed around fuller hair, stronger nails, dry skin, acne and breakouts, fine lines, digestive support, stress, energy, and weight. It's made in the USA, sustainably sourced, non-GMO ingredients that are free of soy, gluten, 
artificial colors, and it's backed by clinical results, which is just one of the things that we love most about it. Show us the results. Another great thing about Hum is if you aren't sure which of their products is the right one for you, they have a quick quiz that gives you a personalized list of product recommendations from a registered dietitian. Hum has been featured in Refinery29, Vogue, Forbes, and Allure, just to name a few. If that doesn't make you want to try it out, we aren't sure what will. Oh, wait. Actually, we are. If you follow the link in the episode notes and use the code HUM10 at checkout, you can get $10 off of your first order. Yeah, we said 10. And honestly, we wouldn't be offended if you pause the episode right now to go place your order. We'll We'll always always be here, here, but this offer probably won't. So going straight into it, um, our first question, do you have any goals or New Year's resolutions for 2021 with regards to money, savings, or investing? So my biggest uh, goal for 2021, personal goal-wise, is I wanted to have $100,000 in the stock market um, this year. Ooh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a little bit. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, get to six figures in the market. Um, I'm close. So mm-hmm. that's that's my goal for this year. Hopefully, I should have it done maybe by June. If if it's I not even a year goal, y'all, y'all hear stay, that subtle flex? She's if, like, "Yeah, my half year goal. I'm almost there." <laughs> if I stay, if I stay on the right track, but you never know what the market's gonna bring. Yep. So, and then we're also still in this panoramic, so <laughs> this panty. So, um, I'm just trying to you know stay stay the course and stay disciplined, but it's hard sometimes because girl, you preach to the choir, girl. We know all about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't nowhere near six figures. Yeah, not even not even close. <laughs> I don't know if that can be a. A year ago. That might be a lifetime goal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know about that either. But what you don't realize is like when you when you get into the market, once you get like a certain amount in there, it's just scaling. So like you'll start seeing like days where you'll go up five or six thousand in a day and then like mm-hmm. you'll go down five or six thousand. Those days when you go down, you're like, ooh. <laughs> but then those days were like it just goes you know it's going to go back up you just have to be patient and and wait but once you get to a certain amount it, it just scales and grows like exponentially um and that's what a lot of people don't realize so once you can get out of that that like first hundreds and like the first couple thousand stage oh my gosh it's like magic well, i need to get out of there then <laughs> <laughs> right i want to experience that magic so for me, my first investment I started was my Roth IRA um, that started my financial advisor. So that one's doing pretty well. But I want to get like my other portfolios, like my crypto portfolio, my dividend portfolio and some of my other brokerage accounts all up to five figures. Some of them are already at five figures, but I want to have them just continue to have those that diversification in those different uh, funds of income that I can just dive into um, streams. Because really, at the end of the day, all of those are different streams of income. At the, some of them are. Uh, dividend income. Some of them are capital income um, that are coming from the investments, but I just want to have those different streams of income coming in um, and have them really because your money's always going to work faster for you than you can. Honestly, yeah, y'all money working fast. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I know my money. money. I don't know my money working. My money don't got that work ethic. No. You hear me? That <laughs> he said five. Right, mom was counting on my hands. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, my money need to hit the gym because that thing ain't ain't working like y'all's. It needs to do something. It needs to get its weight up. So I know in the last episode, we talked a little bit about budgeting. So are there any apps that either of you use or could recommend to our listeners that may be resourceful for keeping track of their spending? Honestly, I'm just a Google Sheets person because right. yeah, it's free and it does the formulas for you. Like it's just easy to use. Like, because honestly, I could send 
someone could ask and I could send them a budgeting when that all I would already have the formulas in there for them. They right. would just need to plug in their numbers. So I'm a Google Sheets person, to be honest. I agree. I also use Google Sheets. But if you're like lazy or you don't mm-hmm. know how like Excel or Sheets works, um, you could download Mint. It's a good one. You can plug in like all your bills and it also knows like when you get paid. So you can put all your credit cards in there, all your um, debit cards, like you actually log into your bank and stuff. And it'll tell you like how much debt you have. It knows when it's time for you to pay bills. So you don't really forget. So that's a pretty good one that I use too. just like on a co- like I use them together. It also will tell you your credit score and things like that. So Mint is a good one. And I think there's another one called for saving money. It's kind of like it's called digits, I want to say. And it'll like take money out of your bank account automatically without you noticing, but it'll take small amounts like yeah. ten dollars here or twenty dollars there. That would next thing me. you know, <laughs> next, I would still notice it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> next thing you know, you got like a couple thousand dollars saved up after a, a certain however long you want it to be. Like I think you set it up at the beginning. I haven't used it, but I was reading about it, and um, so that could be a good one too, just to help you save money if you're not good at that because a, some a person people, like me i need that yeah because some people like they save money and then they go take it out so mm-hmm. that's that's defeating the purpose <laughs> yeah i i heard about something like that or something where if you go like shop at certain places like it'll automatically put whatever you spend like let's say you set it up for starbucks and you spend ten dollars at starbucks it goes ahead and knows you're at starbucks and puts ten dollars in your savings too like I could oh, wow. use that. Like when I online wow. shop, it's I gonna be like me. Two hundred at Fashion Nova, two hundred in the savings. That would make me and save. Then you're gonna get a little email from your <laughs> bank <laughs> and be like, one of these is not gonna go through. So, <laughs> so pick, and I'm gonna pick the clothes. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to me. <laughs> but I also heard of this app called I think it's Truebill or something like that. It's kind of similar. Um, you can like set it up with all your bank accounts and it keeps track of everything. It tells you, oh, you've got a paycheck coming in. You might not want to hear that, though. <laughs> I mean, it might need to go in silently. But yeah, I'm weak. <laughs> Facts. And that, that sounds similar to Mint. And there's also another app that I use called Personal Capital. Mm-hmm. And that's just if you have money kind of like spread out everywhere because I have a lot of accounts. So mm-hmm. I don't have time to be trying to add up here this Roth Facts. account, this <laughs> individual brokerage like I have a couple different brokerage accounts with different brokerage services so I put them all into personal capital and it'll tell me my total net worth like overall versus just me trying to add it all up and you can also put your loans and stuff in there too so it'll tell you like if you're upside down so if you owe money on a loan or like if you have student loans or something It'll tell you how much you owe. Oh, which we want. Yeah, I don't count. I don't count those. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Joe Biden. Biden gonna forgive him or God gonna forgive him. One of the two. <laughs> but like, so it'll show how much you owe on all your debts, and then how much money you have total spread out wherever you have your money. So, That's cool. Yeah, technology is really is amazing. Yeah, because sometimes even like with me, even though I have the Excel sheet, sometimes it can be a little intimidating plugging in the formulas and all that. Sometimes I have to call my mom and be like. So I need to do this. What formula is it? Because <laughs> this ain't making sense. All I know how to do is add and subtract. <laughs> yeah, and I like what you said right there because some people like me, like I can't hit up my parents for stuff like that because they just aren't those type of people like financially savvy, know all this. So for people like me that are like trying to step out into something new, yeah, I, I could use apps. I could use something that's going to help me, walk me through it if need be. So I know y'all listening have the same thing going on as me, so y'all can use these apps too. Or tell your friend to send their spreadsheet. Right. They already has yeah. the formulas put in. Or hit up one of these two. I'm sure they could give you some type of, you know, information if you need it. Yeah, because I'm going to get Chris' spreadsheet. Yeah. I don't know if mine is, I don't know if I mine want five doing figures. the same thing. Right? <laughs> I don't know if you're, if you're going to calculate in. doing it right. <laughs> 
So can either one of y'all speak on the benefits of opening multiple lines of credit? I know that was something you kind of touched on, Alexis. So I would say when you open a new line of credit, it basically gives banks something else to look at as far as, okay, so you, you might have had one credit card in the past, but can you pay a car loan and a credit card? So say you, your credit is like two years old. So if you're 18 when you first open your credit card and then you're now you're 20 and then you want to buy a new car or something, the banks are going to look and say, well, you don't have that much credit. We don't know how much we can trust you. And let's say you've missed a payment on that credit card. So now your score might not be that great. And the bank is like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we might give you this loan for this car, but your interest yeah, rate you go, your interest rate interest. gonna be high <laughs> because we don't trust you. But let's say your credit card payments were all on time and you've done well for those two years. So the bank might trust you a little more. So they'll give you that car loan. Let's say you pay that car loan on time. And let's say you even pay a little more, a little extra sometimes for the next two, three years. So now you're 22, 23, and you've paid your car loan on time. You've paid your credit card on time. Your credit score is probably seven something. And now you're trying to either buy a house or say you want to buy or get another credit card or something for some cash back rewards, something like that. So you go to the bank again. You apply for another loan. They're like, ooh, okay, you've had credit for four, five years. You're doing all right. And you've paid everything on time. We can loan you this money and your interest rates are going to be a little lower this time. So the more lines of credit you have, that's basically saying you're safer with money. And we trust you more. The less lines of credit you have, mm, I don't know. <laughs> like, like, no, think I about it. If you yeah, like it's that. like you got that one credit card. But <laughs> think about it. If, if you got a friend that asks you for money and you know that they've asked your other friends for money and haven't paid them back. Oh, yeah. You no. going to loan them money? <laughs> that's how the banks look at it. The banks don't know you. Look, I don't be loaning people money anyway. My mom always <laughs> taught me don't loan people money with the expectation of getting it back. Exactly, because right. then you're gonna be mad. And the banks, the banks, they don't care right. about you. They're gonna ask for it back and some on top. Yeah. So the least they ain't even gonna ask. Exactly, right, they'll be like, uh, give it back or else. <laughs> and 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 the less they trust you, the more they ask for it back. Imagine your friends being like, "Yeah, I'll loan this, but you also gotta pay interest." Girl, I'm gonna start doing that. I'm be like, yeah, I'm gonna do that to my little siblings. I'm gonna be like, yeah, you can have this twenty. Well go to the bank at that point. Fifty next <laughs> month. <laughs> I'm gonna be like the bank. Um, you remember how much you owe me? Like clockwork, cash out, request mm-hmm. each month. Yeah, I agree with Alexis. Honestly, with her sentiments. So I'm saying, at the end of the day, you should even if you had a a credit line that you and you needed to open a new one, you should keep that other credit line open. It helps towards your length of history. Of, because that goes into your credit score, um, and it also c- continues to show your continued responsibility of paying it and not using it and not wilding out on it. So I would also be aware of just opening credit lines just to open them because at the end of the day, 10% of your uh, credit score is also new credit, and they're looking at you just opening um, opening new lines of credit just willy-nilly. So also be aware of that. But honestly, Alexis covered everything I was going to say. So. I have a question. So I've, I've asked different people this, and I always get different responses. So I have really good credit, but my question is with like lines of credit, like credit cards, some people are like pay it off every month, and some people are like, you know, use it every month or don't use it? Like you said, keep it open even if you have it paid off. Like what does that do? How does that benefit you if you have, because I have paid off credit cards that I haven't closed because I'm like, I'm not sure how that's going to affect my credit score. I believe the percentage is 10%. Uh, 10% of your uh, credit score is your length of history, how long you've had credit. Mm-hmm. So leaving that that credit open, that, that longer, longer that's open, it's uh, lengthening uh, the amount, the length that you had credit. So it's increasing your score gradually over time. Granted, that's a gradual increase, but it's an increase. So if I have like a credit card that's fully paid off like should I use it every month like to show it's being used or should I like keep it paid off or like what what's your advice on that so 
they just actually updated the new FICO 10 score or FICO 10 rules, which is how they're scoring FICO scores now. And yeah, <laughs> right. I even learned the old way. Now here they go with a new one. And, they're, and it actually made it a little bit more difficult to get a better score. Good thing mine's up there. <laughs> but what, what it looks at is it actually looks at your utilization history for the last 24 months. So they want you to keep your utilization low, under 30% if possible. So if your limit is $1,000, you don't need to be spending more than $300 a month. Even if you max that card out and pay it off in full, they still are going to look at that you max it out. So it's not going to help your score anymore to max it out and then pay it off. So mm-hmm. you should use the card, but not to the full extent. But you shouldn't like leave the card and not use it at all, though. You like, can. Well, do? so now it does. So FICO 10 uses, it's called FICO 10T. It uses trend scoring. So trend scoring basically looks at how much you use your credit versus how much you don't use it. So it can help you to not use it as much versus in the past. They want you to use your credit yeah, as much as possible. That's why I've had people tell me different things. Yeah. On that. So with new FICO 10 trend scoring, using your credit as much isn't as good as it was in the past. So now I can so, pay off my cards and leave them alone. Exactly. So okay. or, or just don't use it. Like, don't max it out. Please. Yeah, like, you shouldn't have done that get, in the past. Anyways, but like, get some gas, you know, $30, 40 yeah. maybe 100 maybe shop a little bit, but nothing crazy. And nothing then, crazy. But if you have, like, five <laughs> credit cards, you don't need to use mm, all five no, every time. Um, unless you're trying to get your balance limits increased, uh, that's how it, they will mm-hmm. increase your limits by using the card. They won't increase your limits if you don't use the card because they don't think you're going to use it. That'd be a setup, too. Yeah, it is. Um, it's it's crazy. Setup. I did but not ask for them lid. credit I increases. Like They're not going to trick me. Girl, they, boy, I did not. When I was younger, they almost got me with them credit increases. <laughs> but I learned, I said, I, no. But, but definitely keep the lines open. Mm-hmm. Because if you say so you never, have a, never close them, just so, keep them open. So if you have a card for five years and then after five years you, co- you close it, that's five years of credit history that's no longer going to be on your report. And then the bank's going to be like, well, you only had cards for three years. And you're like, I had a card five years ago. Da, da, da. And you, no, you took that off your report. Okay. You taught me something new because I really was about to close out a card. Because I'm saying, like, I don't use it. You don't use it, though? No. Like, not, not unless you close own? it. Oh, okay. Great. That's wonderful because you just answered a lot of questions I had. Going right off of that, um, what advice do you have for people that are, like, in addition to, you know, what you were saying about your credit card utilization? And what advice do you have for people trying to build their credit? I'm going to say don't rush. You can't rush credit. Like, you can't try to apply for six cards Mm -hmm. at one time so you got a whole bunch of credit lines. (laughs) They're going to see that as a a red flag. Like, why are you trying to get all this money at once? That means you don't have the cash. If they don't think you can pay it, they're not going to give it to you. So, like, it's going to take time to build your credit. Um, and let's say you get denied for a card or they say you don't have enough credit history to get your first credit card. Some people are lucky and get their first unsecured card with no problem. But if you don't, then you have to go get a secured credit card, which means that you have to put money down. So say you put $200 down, you send $200 to Capital One and they'll give you a $200 secured credit card. That means that you have a $200 limit on that card and you can use it. But they don't, that means they don't trust you. So yeah. if you use that card and you don't pay it back, they're going to keep that $200 you sent them. That's basically their way of saying, hey, we don't trust you, but we're going to give you a, a fake credit limit. Literally um, fake. Yeah, because gave you the gave money. them the money. But, <laughs> but after so long, they'll send you your 200 back and they'll make it unsecured and then they'll boost your, your limit up. So then it'll be an unsecured card, like a regular credit card, and then you'll have a new credit limit. And you'll have a regular credit card, and that'll boost your score up even more once you pay on it so many months after they see that they can trust you. That'll build your credit as well. If you're new, don't have enough credit history, or if your credit is just trash and because you've trashed it, that's the only way you're going to be able to build it back up without having crazy interest rates on a car or something crazy like that. 
I did not know that. Yeah, that's wild. I didn't I didn't even know that was a thing. Honestly, as many like letters you get in the mail saying, Hey, open up this credit line, do this, do that. I didn't know they people be trying were to trick you. Sending money in. <laughs> Might as well just keep that on your debit Thanks. card. <laughs> no, I was just thinking I was like, sound like a debit card to me. <laughs> Uh, I would say, um, like Alexa say, you you want to take it slow. So I would honestly find a few things that you know you get every single month, like whether it be groceries, gas, maybe like one other thing that, um, that you always purchase each month, um, and then decide, okay, this is what I'm going to purchase on my credit card each month. So it's going it's going to keep you below that thirty percent because they're not huge expenses, but you also know that you're going to be able to pay that back because you were already doing that expense in the first place. That was so now you're just using that expense to build your credit. And honestly, I would. Look, I'm not sure um, if you're just starting, I'm not sure which cashback credit card you could get. But if you can find one that's going to be able to be a cashback credit card, you might as well also get a cashback credit card if you're going to do that as well. Because then you're getting, yeah, that 1.5% that they may be giving you to seems minuscule at the time. But if you're spending $100 on those few expenses each month, then that's eventually going to come out to mm-hmm. a lot over the course of that year. Honestly, you're going to get that yeah, money back I'll over say, the course of that I year. I love my cashback. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Honestly. So. My favorite thing. I'll be quick. Put a bill on there. Yeah. I'll be checking. Has it, it showing? Is it showing? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So I man. love it. It's a win-win. So I mean, you're building your credit and you're getting money back. So why would you not? It's funny though. Amazon, like, because my credit cards on there on my information, it'd be like, you want to spend this cash back from your credit card? I'd be like, nope. Mm-mm. Like, keep adding. Let's build <laughs> right. it. Up. Oh, I didn't even. Right. Yeah, it shows automatically. Like, you can apply it to your order and then pay the rest with your card. Or yeah, it sounds dangerous. It, it do, and I'd be like, Amazon, don't even show me how much I have on there. <laughs> like, I'd be trying to trick myself. Okay, so y'all touched on like young credit people, like who are younger, new with credit, like freshly eighteen. So. If a person had to make a choice on what they had to specifically focus on, like which area, which would be more beneficial to them? Would it be like building their credit, saving up money or investing money? Like in your opinion, what's the best thing for them to, you know, first focus on? I would say I would kind of like bundle saving and investing because I think saving is your goal, but you're really just saving so you can get those six months of expenses saved up so you can invest. So I would kind of bundle those two into one. Because at the end of the day, investing is what's going to give you more options and what's going to start building that generational wealth. But you can't start investing without saving. So I would say save to invest, to be honest, should be on your mind. And then um, so building credit isn't something you have to do like every day. So definitely like get you some form, some line of credit, like get you a credit card. But you don't have to worry about it. You don't got to check your score every day. It's not going to update every day. It ain't. So, <laughs> so definitely I, do that. When I was that. younger, I used to check my thinking that thing was going to go up every day. So so definitely, like, get you a line of credit and then actively manage it. Yeah, like, pay it on time. Make sure you're not missing payments. But um, So do that. But at the same time, be saving money. I would say don't start investing until you have your emergency fund. You don't want to invest with money you can't afford to lose. Because when you see it go down... You gonna hit sell. You'd be hurt. You gonna hit sell. I'm telling you. You like when you see the money go down, you see that red in your account, your emotions aren't gonna be ready because that's money you can't afford to lose. So if you see if a hundred dollars, if a hundred dollars is a lot, a lot of money to you, that's all you have, and it goes to fifty, you're gonna hit sell. Even if even if you have I don't care what you're doing, if you have a stock that never expires that you can hold for the rest of your life, that will probably go to 200 in two months if you just relax, even if it's an option that has a year left until expiration. If you see that money go down and you can't afford to lose it, 
panic is going to kick in. I've been there before. And you're going to hit sell. <laughs> oh, no, I, I just wait because but that I, this was a this is a while back. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Everybody was talking about Robin Hood, Robin Hood. So I was just, <laughs> <laughs> so I just so I got on Robin Hood. And I knew was I was doing. Robin Hood, Robin Hood. So if you know if you know ahead of time that you don't need that money no time soon. You you let that chill like oh yeah, I, I can relax sure. that's gonna go back up in no time you know I'm a, I'm a chill but if you're if you're investing and trading with money that you can't afford to lose no it's cool though because like when you let things chill so I don't know if y'all know but like on Cash App you can like buy Bitcoin mm-hmm. girl I bought some Bitcoin forever ago and I complete I never look at it nothing. That's what's up. I yeah. pay. I paid my hospital and dental bills with that because I was like, I was like, oh, like I have. I literally this past year I was so stressed because I had to get like emergency like dental work done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how am I finna pay for this? And one day I was on Cash App. I scroll over. I said, I said, well, hold on. I said, Mm-mm. I said, it's not transfer to bank account. And guess what? My yeah. dental, my dental bills were paid because I forgot about it. Transfer. <laughs> I transferred immediately. Like, like this might be a there. joke. Let no, me go ahead and get no that I literally told Jasmine. I said, girl, I had this Bitcoin money in my cash app. <laughs> and it's, and especially when you're dealing with like really volatile assets like Bitcoin. If you're looking at it every day, yeah, you gonna be crazy. stressed. Yeah, yeah. you gonna be stressed. Like watching your money just woo, 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 up and down, up and down. Like you gonna get migraines. You gonna be sitting there like I need you, a drink. You gonna need to go to the neurologist. Like you're gonna be stressed. Like put some money that you don't need to worry about anytime soon in the market, and then go back and check on it a while from now. You gonna be pleasantly surprised. Okay, y'all mm. heard. Just forget about it. If your money start dropping, then, you know, just walk you away. Into, you pay too and much attention. It. Yeah. <laughs> if it's dropping, you pay too I much I have an attention. account titled Walk Away because, like, <laughs> I, no, 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 because I, I will sit there and watch it. Like, walk away. I wasn't kidding about migraines. I get them. Girl. Because I will, I, I have an account called Walk Away because I have to, I have to tell myself, no, Alexis, be, I have a journal that I write in every day. Because my emotions will get to me sometimes, right. mm-hmm. even me, like my, mm-hmm. oh, like I right. Just, and we I we sit here like she she the professional, the hard, but like when you're dealing with a lot of money, like it's hard. Yeah, like, even even when you're advanced, like it. But you know they difficult. say high risk, high reward. And then and then I'll look back, like if say I do, like I wouldn't sell on a red day, but I might sell on a green day. But like I'll hit break even and be like, okay, let me just get out. <laughs> I was stressed yesterday, and then I'll look back three months from now and I didn't like I've left so much money oh, on yeah. the table. Thanks. Like just in the last three months alone, I've probably left sixty thousand dollars on the table. That's a heavy and, like, table. <laughs> so like when I, I tell you, like, patience, patience, patience is a virtue. Like that's what I had to learn the hard way. It. Yeah, at all. That's what me. her table look like. <laughs> I don't it's, know what I got. <laughs> you got you a look, bedside table. You, got, you might <laughs> got to start with table. you might got to start with a nightstand, a coffee table, right. whatever. Right. But eventually, you are gonna get to your eventually dining you room table, that, your whole house. The table. That's yes, what she had. Table. A dining room table. <laughs> but you got to be patient. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. Just because it's money at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and. You, it's kind of like you're taking that risk, but you got to be patient with it. And it, and emotion, like your emotions will kick in and they're hard to fight. Like, that's why I got a journal so I can write them down hey. and I can go back and read my red days. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting like, in my journal like, I, I need better. money. <laughs> I need money. Build me a table. Right. <laughs> my table is broken. <laughs> what kind of retirement plans do you contribute to? I think you might have mentioned it a little bit earlier, but just... A little repeat for the listeners if they weren't paying attention. And why are they important? 
of course, I have my 401k through my job that uh, they contribute to and that I contribute to as well. That one's important because it's funny because I know a lot about 401ks uh, and see a lot of stuff behind the scenes because I work with them every day um, with the retirement provider. So I, I do contribute to that one. And I think that one's important because at the end of the day, that's money that you can take out of your check and send it directly to, even though you can do that with other accounts too, but that one, it comes out of your check, goes directly to there, um, starts going to work for you. So, and, and you'll never see it. You don't have to worry about seeing it. You don't have to, oh, oh since should I like, should I keep it in my savings? It's none of that. You don't even have a choice. It goes straight to <laughs> Um So that one, I think that's a great add on for it. With the employees, I know people always usually do say, uh, Make sure you're getting your putting all the money in that uh, your employer is going to match, um, which I do agree with. But there's also something called vesting. That's a question that you definitely should ask your your retirement provider. You want to know um, what is the vesting period? Because basically, what vesting is, I have to work at TIAA for three years before I'm vested in anything that they want to have contributed to my retirement plan. So honestly, if if I'm a person that doesn't necessarily plan on staying at TIAA for three years, I don't necessarily have to be putting all my money in there because I'm not. I'm not even going to get that employer money that they're matching, you know. So you definitely want to be aware of that. <laughs> yep. and not playing trying games. to trick us. Yeah, it's I, like, oh, I'm being matched. Yeah. You leave too early. Bloop. Yeah, because I have people that call in at my job and they're like, well, I had 100000 100, in my account and um, why, why, why don't I? Why am I only getting fifty thousand? I got, and I'm like, I got to break it down to him. Like, look, well, you didn't stay long enough to get that. You're only vested in fifty percent of that. Half of that money wasn't yours. And some of these people are about to retire, so they're sick, you know. So sick, yeah. Sick. <laughs> Alexis was talking about journaling over there, yeah, right. boy. <laughs> yeah, so that's a question that you want to ask because they, I promise you, they're not going to tell you. So definitely want to be aware of that. So I invest in my four hundred one k. Um, I also invest in my Roth IRA. Which is a great investment. I'm gonna let, let's touch on some of that too, because uh, a Roth IRA, a Roth IRA is good because uh, you can pull that money out tax free um, down the road, and you can actually pull out your contributions tax free as well. So um, it's low key like it's almost like a savings account, as because you can pull that money back out, but it, you put it in there and it goes to work for you. And then I also have a few brokerage accounts as well, of course, that uh, some of them I might do options in, some of them I might just have just strictly uh, stocks and things like that. So. So I, I have my 401k as well. I only contribute the exactly what my employer matches. So I agree. Because um, at one point I was doing more and then I was like, actually, I'm going to drop that back down to what they match. In. And, and the reason I do that is because I know I can yield oh, a higher return fair. by myself. Yep. So, for example, um, my 401k did like 40% last year. And that's because the market went crazy in 2020. Like we dropped so hard and then. We had a crazy bull run. So, like, the market was wild. But, like, 30% is, or 30, 40%, that's, I think it was like, I don't know the exact number, but it was, it was good for a 401k, really good. Sure. Normally you get like 8, 10%. But, um, but for, on a contrast, in my personal account, I did 1200%. So, like, that means you take whatever is in your account and multiply it by 12. So and her job ain't doing that. So, <laughs> so the four hundred one k is like okay, thirty percent, like forty percent, like what? That's that's forty cents on a dollar. Like that's that's twelve dollars compared to the dollar. Like you know what I'm saying? So I can beat the return myself. I know that. So that's why I only do what my employer matches, and I plan on staying. Till I'm fully vested, just because I ain't leaving no money on the table. I, I told you I left enough money on the yeah. table. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> I'm not um, either. Shoot, after so, Krista said, I'm calling somebody yeah, on Monday. Somebody. <laughs> oh, <no>. Exactly, <laughs> and and also depending on how much money you make, Uncle Sam is coming. 
Uncle Sam is going to come knocking. So when you contribute to your 401k, that brings your taxable income down. So if you make six figures, you're going to be taxed at a different tax rate or in a different tax bracket. So if you contribute to your 401k, that could bring your taxable income down, which might bring your tax bracket down, which brings your overall tax rate down for the year, which is lovely because you might not owe nothing. And then I also have a Roth. So the Roth is nice because you can contribute up to 6000 a year. Unless you're over 50, then you can contribute 7000 I think. And then you can take that 6000 out whenever you want. And then your gains, you can take those out when you're 59 and a half. A lot of people will be like, 59 and a half? I, I can't get my money. So I'm 60? What if I'm dead? Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, well. God. Pass, pass that all here, Grandma. Yeah, well, well then you put somebody, in, a beneficiary, and you pass them down generational wealth. That's how I try to explain it to folks. But, like, I don't think people understand tax-free gains. Like, Uncle Sam cannot touch that money. So when I said I did 1,200%, like, if I put $100,000 in there, that's 1.2 now. Million. That Uncle Sam can't touch. A million, y'all. She wanted <laughs> to clarify that for you. That Uncle Sam yes. cannot touch. <laughs> and and I'm 23. So imagine. 23. So if, if I hit my goal this year and I do 1,200% every year, not saying I will, but. Oh, you will. We're going to speak into existence. Yeah. I have the utmost And hopefully hopefully I do better. But what I'm saying is if I if I do that on average till I'm 60 and Uncle Sam can't touch it. I'm gonna have Elon Musk money, right. hey, Period. Jeff Bezos money. <laughs> I'm coming to Alexa but for people, loan money. But people, <laughs> <laughs> she keep talking it up like you ain't gotta convince me, girl. I, I, I but, hear you. But people don't want to wait till they're sixty. But yeah. people also don't know you can take out money to buy your first house. I haven't bought no house yet, so I'm uh, depo- mm. uh, withdraw. Right, go buy me a house. There's other other like if benefits you, to yeah, it. there's other exceptions too. Like if you get sick or something, I think there's like disability exceptions, stuff like that. So like, and you could take out your contribution. So if I contribute six thousand for the next six years, I can take out thirty six thousand dollars in six years. Like I don't know what I'm gonna need that for, but you never know. But yeah. Um, and then I also have an individual account which I can touch whenever I want. But Uncle Sam is gonna touch that every uh-huh. every tax season when everybody getting their refunds. I'm gonna be sending Uncle Sam money. Mm. Those refunds gotta come from somewhere. Yeah. Mm. I just wish I could borrow one of their minds for like a week so I could just sit down and get everything <laughs> saying, planned I mean, out. I probably need it longer than a week. Yeah, no, nah, like give me a year. Just get stuff up and running. Just and to get it running. Y'all can have your brain back. back. Like I don't even need I'm it that long. Now. Like just a little while. That's it. Their brain might malfunction. Girl, right? My, I might not be like, like this don't make no sense. <laughs> My brain gonna be like, we was smart before. We ain't know nothing about this though. So... <laughs> So I think we talked about it a little bit before when we were discussing Bitcoin, but do you both invest in cryptocurrencies? And then I know there are some people that say like cryptocurrency is the future. Do y'all believe that as well? Uh, I do invest in cryptocurrency. I ain't gonna lie. I just bought uh, some crypto last night. He, he real happy. <laughs> he real happy. Like, yeah, got he that last night. I ain't gonna lie. Like, for real, I did. Because um, I just kind of, I'm kind of, I feel like even as much as I push it, I'm kind of underestimating what the potential shift that is going to have in our economy and in wealth. So I kind of low-key, I honestly low-key um, have been thinking about it. And I've actually been reading Bitcoin in Black America uh, by Isaiah Jackson, which is a great book as well. Um, he talks about his cryptocurrency journey. And the way he explains it, it's a little bit um, irresponsible for us not to at least be in the position to reap what could be the biggest shift of wealth in our generation. Like, mm-hmm. basically, we're scared to put a few green dollar bills that are losing value every day towards something that could 
change our lives and our kids' lives forever. So I do think cryptocurrency can potentially be the future just because of the way the world is going. It's going so tech based. Mm-hmm. Everything they're doing, like, of course, they don't want to go in. Like, this things that cryptocurrency that you aren't seeing are like, they're developing like smart contracts, which is uh, basically when you're doing an online transaction, instead of you actually having to be in the bank and signing the document in front of the banker's face, you can actually, it's just an electronic transaction to where you have a private key and a public key and it's doing it for you. And it's just potentially can be an immediate transaction, um, not even needing all that background um, work. So the things that they're, the problems technology that they're trying to technology some, yeah, is crazy. It's, it's, it's a disruptive technology. And at the end of the day, disruptive technology is always has the potential to completely shift the way we're living life, similar to the way the internet shifted everybody's life around us. So mm-hmm. I definitely think people should look into cryptocurrency because it's extremely powerful. And if anything, the risk is well uh, worth the reward, I think, just because especially if you look at where we are as black people, like mm-hmm. the wealth gap is so wide that we can't afford to not potentially be in position to reap that blessing. So I do think uh, you should invest in the cryptocurrency or at least look into it. And that was Chris's TED Talk for today. Right. I feel like he's going to write the next book. (laughs) Y'all heard heard him. Black people, we need cryptocurrencies. I agree. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I wrote. Anyone that follows me on Instagram, I go on rants all the time about crypto. (laughs) I'll be be looking at them. I don't know what's going on, but I'll be watching every story. Everyone. The only thing that kills me is that people always want to buy when everybody starts talking about it. Mm-hmm. The thing about investing and trading, you have to buy when no one is talking about it. So you have to do your research. You have to do your due diligence. Disclaimer, me and Chris are not financial advisors. Please do your research and your due diligence always right. before you invest or trade any security. Yeah, we tell y'all that. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, come back hey, hey, y'all see how she started whispering that disclaimer? So it's on TV commercial. Look, as, Chris, as Chris was saying... Um, Smart contracts, what he was talking about was called Ethereum, um, which is actually my favorite crypto. If any crypto is going to be the future, it's Ethereum. Um, write that down. Bitcoin. Yeah, it's Bitcoin. It's, it's hot. It's hot because everybody knows about it. Everybody knows about Bitcoin. So that's why it's like popping, you know. Everybody don't really know about Ethereum yet. Um, you could have bought Ethereum in May for $200. I think it's at like 1300 right now. So it's still like nowhere near Bitcoin. Yeah, so you haven't really. for 115 yeah, so you haven't really even missed any. Think about, but if Bitcoin's at what thirty thousand today, if that yeah, like thirty two thirty two thousand today. So if Ethereum is going to be bigger than Bitcoin, and then they say Bitcoin's going to four hundred thousand, then they say Bitcoin could lose it all. You know, they the news is crazy. But if Ethereum is going to be bigger than Bitcoin, which I think it will, because it's not a coin itself. Ether is the coin, but Ethereum is a network. So a network that will produce smart contracts that can run. Anything from like it could potentially replace like the New York Stock Exchange because it could do the exchanges. Mm-hmm. It could replace any like escrow, private escrow. You wouldn't need people to be there to sign contracts like it would it would do the exchange by itself. So that's bigger than Bitcoin could ever be. That's crazy. Um, and Bitcoin has flaws. Like I have money floating in Bitcoin right now because I'm dumb sometimes but <laughs> like, she, she looked like she need her journal for, <laughs> for example I, I won some money get online gambling anyways but <laughs> she, she did not recommend that either yeah, do that on your own that's time. not that's not a recommendation but <laughs> do you I correctly picked when Tank Davis was gonna knock somebody out so I wanted some money online gambling <laughs> but the way you get paid is in Bitcoin so 
I put my Bitcoin address in, but I didn't realize that I was putting in my Bitcoin cash address instead of my Bitcoin address. So I sent the Bitcoin to the Bitcoin cash address. So the money is just floating in space. I can't access it, but I can see how much it's still worth. Oh, I know. I know you are mad. And this was back when Bitcoin was still down. This was a, this was months ago. Bitcoin yeah, hadn't even right. take off, taken off yet. So it was like 200 and something. It wasn't even a lot. It was like 200 something dollars. It's like $600 now. And I'm just know. looking at it Someone like. Someone's going to get me my Bitcoin. No, and, and the worst part is <laughs> I can't go get that. I can't get it. And the worst part is somebody is going to like, because when you, when you get a crypto wallet, you don't choose your address. So somebody's so going to end up getting one that. day somebody's going to open a crypto wallet and they're going to get assigned that address go and they go open. Wallet. They're going to like wake up there. And this could be 20, 40 years. They hey, might, they lie. might open their wallet and have six so million. Let me go open up. Yeah, I might, I might give you a little bit. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, here go, go your 200. <laughs> and periodically I'll check it and just piss myself off. Like, oh my. And like if Bitcoin ever goes to like those crazy numbers, Ooh, oh my God. I'm going to be like those articles when, you see the people. <laughs> Woman lost it all. Yeah, that, that's going to be me. Like, but anyways, um, I think Ethereum is the future, in my opinion. Um, that's the only one that I own. I don't even own Bitcoin just because I missed the part. Like, I, in my opinion, I missed the party. So, like, if I'm going to buy something, I'm buying it's low. I'm not. I don't like chasing hype, and then I'm I'm not going to buy at thirty thousand. Now, Bitcoin is volatile, so it could go back to like if it goes back to like fifteen, I'll buy. Maybe like in, in Bitcoin could go back you to You just like, post on your story when you gonna buy. You know I'm watching. I'm gonna buy two. I'm but, watching. <laughs> I'm here. watching. But step like step. if we have anything like March ever again, I'm going shopping. Do you think it could get that bad again though? Because obviously the pandemic was like a shock to everyone, yeah, which is why so that kind of happened. I think like the way the market reacted the market reacted the way it did because we didn't know what was to come. So like we already know about the virus right. now. Businesses already know how to operate. Um, we already got social distancing and masks and all that. So I think we, unless Joe Biden is like full, right, full we're quarantine, we're not going, nobody's allowed to do anything. And it's like martial law and people like the military's on the street oh, with guns God. and stuff. Like with, without that, <laughs> I really, I don't think the market will crash. Will we have a correction? No. Like I think the market will have a correction soon because no we're way. at all time highs right now. Yeah. So like I wouldn't buy anything right now, probably like buy what is it january what 23rd 4th mm-hmm. january 24th i think we have a big earnings week ahead with all the big names reporting like apple tesla microsoft um i think march february we should have a correction so if you go look at the charts what happened in september should happen again soon and if it doesn't then i'm wrong but it should because the market what goes up comes down mm-hmm. it just has to cool yeah, off it happens and like even though that I know it's coming, I have to journal. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, you I wish I could read a page in her journal. Episode. She'd probably be in there going off. And That's the journal. market, though. Like, it, it doesn't matter because when you, even if you know it's coming, it still hurts. Yeah, yeah. Especially just, like, like, like you said, you have like a lot invested. So. I know, and I know it's gonna go back up, but it still is hard. Like, mm-hmm. it's just your emotions. Walk you have away, to control Alexis, them. Walk away. Yeah. So, but we should have a correction, and then like if we have a correction where we drop five to ten percent, like. The Nasdaq, the Dow, all that. Knock on wood. This is not financial advice. But go shopping. Yeah, go buy the dip. Go shopping. <laughs> buy the dip. This is my favorite saying. Buy the dip and enjoy the chips. I say this all the time. Like, all you gotta do is buy the, <laughs> buy the dip, dip and enjoy, enjoy the, the chips. chips. That's all Period. you gotta do. That's the easiest way to invest. The dip. The dip is. It does hurt a little bit. <laughs> but 
The chips. Them chips taste good. Them chips taste good. Okay, so, you know, I've kind of joked around about how I need, like, help with all this stuff a lot. It's not a joke. It's true. So, (laughs) in the last episode, like, um, I know Chris spoke about how he actually has an advisor who helps him or gives him advice on things as well. Do you guys believe that hiring someone to assist you in trading stocks or even possibly like just having someone fully manage your investments altogether? Is that worth it? Or is this something that, you know, if you put the time and effort, you can really achieve yourself, which clearly the two of you have. So just wondering y'all's thoughts and opinions. I definitely think it's achievable to do for yourself. And that's honestly the goal. Like, honestly, I used to want to be an advisor and I kind of still do. But honestly, would rather people be self-sufficient because mm-hmm. I know that they can pass that knowledge that they actually have for themselves down to those kids. Because even if I help them build up a million dollar portfolios, if they pass that down to their kid and their kid don't know what to do with it, it's going right back to the ground. So mm-hmm. um, I would rather them be able to really be self-sufficient and be able to handle for themselves so they can pass the funds and the knowledge down to themselves. But I do believe that an advisor um, is a person that can help you get there, honestly. So, like, because, you, I mean, you can have your portfolio with your advisor. You can have an advisor and be investing with them and be gaining that knowledge from them. And then one day you might be like, oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm good. And I can, I can walk away. You can take your money and walk away if you wanted to. Like, and they, I mean, they may or may not, depend on your relationship, be upset. But it's your money. You do what you want to do. Nice. So, I mean, I do. That's why I, that's why I do think an advisor can uh, really help you out because I know that I pick my advisor's brain all the time. Like he's is one of my fraternity brothers, so he's also an alpha. So um, we kind of just chop it up. Like I'll pick up his phone. And he he got a house full of girls. Like he's uh, he's uh, his uh, he's got his wife and then two girls. Okay. So all he want to do is he doesn't mind any time I call. We just call and chop it up. And I can Boys pick time. it up. Right? He's here like, well, I'm, I'm with yeah. the bros back now. <laughs> For real, man. So like we just be, and I just pick his brain. And he's like, I mean, he's been in the game for. 20 plus years, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, I'm just getting endless game for it. And at the end of the day, I'm only paying what, like a, like 1% for it. So of my portfolio performance or what I, my portfolio with them, I'm um, granted, that's not my only portfolio, but still, I mean, if I'm only taking 1%, he's making it grow 10 plus percent it's a year. It, you know, Cause it's, you're getting that performance and you're getting the knowledge on top of it. Mm-hmm. So right. I definitely think it can um, have value. Of course, if you're a person like Alexis, that's going to be on the she, charts she every night. Advisor. Literally like, like we're sitting here, like the three of us at the table sitting here winking, yeah. like we need an advisor. I mean, she know what she, what she need one for. You feel me? Like I'm going to just day. hand you some cash what? and let you go crazy. Like, one and, I, and I probably wouldn't have, I honestly might not have one if I didn't actually want to potentially be one one day, because I'm yeah. also trying to learn the, the craft from him. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day, most people aren't like me and Alexis where they want to just sit in front of a computer and look at what this stock is doing, what this stock is doing, what this stock might do. Most people don't want to do that. Yeah, so but I mean, looking to get in honestly, place. when you think about it, like how much time do we sit like in front of social oh, media sure. on our Definitely phones? Possible. And like, yeah. I feel like we can really, if we're going to be sitting in front of a computer anyways, we should apply it. Like you yeah. said, it's going to be so worth it. And that's for something sure. I keep telling myself. I'm like, I can sit here and watch these videos or like read an article and yeah. learn something that's going to help me. Like if uh, I'm going to just scroll and see who posted what on Instagram and who liked my photo? Like, that's yeah. irrelevant. I don't even like them people no way. For real, that's <laughs> crazy. Because I got in my actually, like, my, I was actually having this discussion with my pops the other day because he was saying how, like, I'm not going to be able to get people to, like, uh, get in front of it and start studying these things and um, start learning it for themselves. And I'm like, I mean, we have to believe in humankind enough to be able to think they at least have the ability to do so because at the end of the day, 
All of us know how to use our phone. All of us know how to search something on Google. And honestly, those are the only two things you really need to be able mm-hmm. to do to manage your portfolio. Because you can go search what are the top 10 performance stocks in the S&P 500 right now on your phone and go out and buy those 10 stocks and then watch those for the next um, week. And then you can continue doing that for like once, in, like every so often, a few months. And you're managing your own portfolio. So we all have the ability to do it. You feel yeah. me? And I mm-hmm. truly believe that. You make time for what you want to make time for. For sure. I agree. So, like, like Chris said, everybody don't want to look at charts every night. Me, I'ma look at the charts every night. <laughs> but, and do because she be posting too. I be right, like, she be posting. I'm in here like, like but like sleepy. personally, everybody doesn't have the same goals. So, like, if you don't know what you're doing and you've never done anything before, but you know you want to invest, go get you a financial advisor and get some get some help. Like, don't just yeah. be throwing money out away, please. Yeah, because it it does seem intimidating but, for sure. But once you once you have some bearings, once you know, like, okay, I kind of know what I'm doing. Like, I don't really, you don't need to pay somebody else mm-hmm. because th- what they're gonna do is take your money. They're gonna go get thirty to forty percent. They're gonna give you ten percent, and they're gonna keep the rest. Why would like I'm, when it could I'm all bad. go to you? I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm good on that. Personally, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so if you so what y'all are basically saying, if you need to help at first, get it. But it's yeah. only to help. And you and if be you don't, and if you don't know how to manage risk, get the help, please, because there's risks associated with everything in the market. Like you don't know, ask. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, once you know, don't don't just waste money. Don't leave just money on the table. Don't you know? Like yeah. and also, it depends on your goals too. Like, I'm trying to retire before I'm 30 because, like, for example, last night I was on call. I was up until 1 in the morning working on a Saturday. Oh, Lord. Jesus. That perks of working in IT. Everyone's like, oh, you got IT money. Yeah, oh, I got oh, IT work, too. Right, IT hours. <laughs> out, like, I'm working with people. Imagine you being on call to 1 in the morning. I would have. On a Saturday. I, like, so I, I want freedom. I want freedom. I don't care about nothing. On, I don't mm. care about likes on Instagram. I don't care about who's doing what. I don't care about what club y'all at. I don't care about no clothes. I don't care about none of that. With this pandemic, we might never see a club again. Exactly. So it's like you, like I'm gonna look at the charts. I'm on the charts. I'm in the market. I'm look like, but that's that's what I want to do because I need freedom. I'm trying to. I'm getting my reparations out the market. Nobody else gonna do that for you. No one is gonna give them to you. (laughs) I would also say uh, know who you're. If you're gonna do that, know who you're investing Mm -hmm. with because there's brokers out here that who are investing people's money who aren't even fiduciaries, and the fiduciary is um, someone who's legally abided to have to do what's best for your money. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, most of the people investing people's money aren't fiduciaries, sadly, a lot of the time. So if they're not legally about it, they even do what's best for your money, they're probably, they not probably aren't. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. They're doing so. what's best for them. For exactly. Them, yeah. That's no. why, like, people yeah. always ask me, like, can, can I just give you some money? And d-? No, because, like, I'm not doing what's best for you. I'm doing what's best for me right now. Right. So, like, your goals aren't aligned with my goals. I'm taking on a little more risk right now because sure. I got... I'm, You're able to. I'm a, yeah. yeah, I'm able to, and I got aggressive goals. Like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to get up out of here, you know? I, I'm trying to be done and on an island laid up on the white sand with so, the blue water when yeah. I'm 30. Me too. Chilling. Too. So, like, you have Maybe to, you got to do your research. <laughs> not 30. <laughs> you got to do your research, and, and everybody's situation is different. So, do what works for you, but do your research, too. Yeah. If you're a female, 
I don't know why you're not in the Lexus's group chat. Because um, I be seeing the stuff she posts in there. Shout out to all my beautiful queens. But if you wallet, if you're not in her, in her chat, like, I be seeing the posts she be putting in there. I'm like, I'm hate from outside the club. Like, they, they, they ain't there getting money. Like, I'm trying to get in there. So like, you wallet if you're not in there for real. She said, put me in real quick. She said, nah, this for us. This for us only. Yeah, yeah. I need to get in there for real. And then all their information is going to be located in the episode notes. So make sure you go click on their pages, gain information about Learn With Lex and the breadwinners. To kind of wrap up this episode, because we can clearly talk about money all day Yeah, we're going to have to have a Money Matters Part 3. <laughs> because we can clearly talk These about it. These are my new it. favorite episodes to record. <laughs> so for our listeners that are out there and new to all this information about investing, what are two of your top safe and reliable stocks to invest in? If you had to pick like a two general. Yeah. Safe and reliable, I'm going to go Apple and Disney. Apple Alex and Disney. is talking about he's going to steal money. Apple and Disney. Um, I tried to like pick like one obvious one that, that probably Alex is going to say and then one kind of one that I honestly think is also like a lock. Apple, of course, I mean, they got everything Apple on lock. Apple. Everybody Apple got, is Apple, Everybody yeah. got an iPhone. Half people got a MacBook. Like, me, me is sitting right here with a MacBook. Like We we, oh, we don't call it a laptop. It's a MacBook because I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a MacBook. So, like, they got they, they got their thing on. They got their industries on lock, but that industry on lock, basically. Because, I mean, it would just be too much for people to switch all their information over from iPhone. So, people just aren't going anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and Disney... They just been around too long. They just they got yeah. too much foot in the game where to where they got Disney World, Disneyland, all these shows, all these movies. They just created Disney Plus. Yeah. Like they not going nowhere. And I'll be seeing um I actually I'll be on Motley Fool um study and it's like an investing uh website that um produces a lot of articles. A lot of the time they put out articles where about how stocks that you can buy and hold for fifty years. Yeah, I see Disney on there all the time because they also feel as though Disney is like it's just not going anywhere because they're they're too they have too much foot yeah, in the like, game and they're also too go? innovative. Honestly. What would we have? And doesn't Disney own ESPN or I'm tripping? Yeah, yep. ESPN and there are, ABC. ESPN is on the Disney Plus that they just like they purchased. Got it. Mm-hmm. ESPN and got ABC. It. <laughs> Must be nice. Right. <laughs> okay, so I knew Chris was going to steal one of mine. <laughs> I'm like Apple that go to, though. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to give y'all two safe ETFs, not stocks. So an ETF is an exchange Back. traded fund. So think of it like an Easter egg basket, and each egg is a different stock. So Say you can't afford to buy a share of Apple and a share of Disney, but you can buy an ETF that might have Apple and Disney in it. Mm-hmm. But the ones I'm going to give you, XLK, which is a right. technology ETF that mirrors the S&P 500. So its top 10 holdings are Apple, Microsoft, Visa, NVIDIA, MasterCard, PayPal, Adobe, Intel, Salesforce, and Cisco. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are like big tech companies. And the second one I'm going to give you is XLY which is the consumer discretionary ETF that mirrors all consumer discretionary in the S&P 500. It's top 10 holdings, Amazon. I know all y'all shop at Amazon. Girl, and can't nobody. Definitely ain't going nowhere. Amazon know all about me. And, and most people can't afford to pay $3,000 for one share of Amazon. So go get you XLY for $170 a share. Maybe not buy it right now because it's at a high, but <laughs> you didn't hear that from me. Um, but his top 10 holdings are Amazon, Tesla, also kind of at a high. Uh, the Home Depot, McDonald's, Nike, Starbucks, Lowe's, Booking Holdings, Target, and TJ Maxx. So if you like shopping, XLY. If you like technology, XLK. They're safe, and they have all of your favorite companies. Right. I like that. So y'all already know. Y'all know the drill. <laughs> we like to leave our listeners with a tip, and since y'all both are here, we get two tips this week. So who wants to start? 
Chris over here like nose goes. <laughs> <laughs> My tip is to be patient. In the market, things aren't always going to go the way that you want them to go exactly when you want them to. You have to have patience and give it time. My tip is that investment behavior is just as important as investment performance because at the end of the day, you building the behavior of continuing to invest, whether it be weekly, monthly, or every year, that's going to also add to your investment returns just as much as you putting money in there and letting it. I won't say just as much because compound interest is time. Um, is uh, it's always going to be the winner, but you adding to it investment behavior and actually beginning that behavior, actually continuing to invest in yourself and in the market, that's going to pay off dividends. That's just unreplaceable. Y'all come through with the good tips every time. <laughs> I know. Thank y'all for Thank, both coming. Right. Can't you. wait for part three. <laughs> <laughs> this might just have to be a, a seasonal I'm like saying. episode. We just might just sprinkle this in. Like so much knowledge. And now I go back and be looking at their stuff like after, and I'd be like, dang, I really need to take I need some to notes. get it together. <laughs> get like, it I together. Need to get it together. It's like I know what I need to do, but like I yeah. just be like, uh, that's a whole nother thing to learn. Like yeah. you got to manage it. You got to make sure stuff ain't going crazy. And <laughs> it's just so much. But I mean, like we keep saying, like if it's important to you, you'll make the time. Like you're going to figure it out. The end. Like, I ain't gonna be like Alexis of Italian at 30 or nothing. I mean, I'm getting a little bit of a late start. I'm about to be 25. But, right. I'm sitting here like, dang, you know, halfway there. I'm going to get there. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and follow us on our social media. Don't forget to share our podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever. Also, if you have a topic or want our perspective and or advice on anything, send us a message via our social media, which are located in the episode notes. Or you can always email us at pureperspectivespodcast at gmail.com. Who knows? It might be part of our next discussion. As always, thank you so much for your continued support, and we'll see you again real soon. Thank you.